Welcome to the Shalhaba Community Church Podcast. We hope you're encouraged by the following message. So this morning we, we want to do the last little part of the Jesus lifestyle. Uh, my prayer today is that we start to share the Word of God this morning, is that as I'm sharing the Word of God, you would receive something from God, something from the Scripture today that will bless you in some way and build your life. And it's my privilege today to continue this series and finish it this morning. Uh, over the last couple of months, we've been looking in depth at the teachings of Jesus from Matthew chapter 5 through Matthew chapter 7. And we've been looking at a number of topics about uh, what Jesus said about how we should live, what our lifestyle should be. And we've been looking at uh, what Jesus taught about true happiness. I still remember that first message that Steve uh, Shaw spoke about how do we find true happiness. We've looked at how to handle anger. We've looked at uh, sex, marriage and divorce, talking about sex in church. That's crazy. Well, we should be, amen? Uh, sex, uh, marriage and divorce. We've looked at what he taught about integrity. Uh, we've looked at how we're meant to handle our money according to the Word of God. Uh, last week, a couple of weeks ago, we looked at how to uh, handle criticism. Today, we're going to look at how we can identify false prophets. You know, we'd think today that uh, this would be so easy. Uh, but the truth today, there are so many false prophets speaking today that are taking the truth and twisting it and turning it and taking a little bit of truth uh, and turning it into something that was never intended to be. Uh, I said a few months ago, we, uh, we have Netflix at home and uh, our, our Rachel's nephew was telling us about Anthony Bourdain and this great cooking series on there and we'll probably get to have a look at that. But a few, few months ago, we sat down and we saw a movie called Come Sunday. Has anybody seen it? No one's seen it. Well, don't watch it because it won't do you any good. But we watched this, this movie called Come Sunday. We thought it's about a preacher. It's based on a true story. Thought we'd watch it. So we sat and started to watch the movie and um, it, was, it was really, really well done. I mean, it wasn't just your normal um, cheesy Christian movie. It had a really, some good actors in it, had good soundtracks, etc., and it was about a, a black African pastor in the States who received a revelation from God. Uh, and the revelation from God was this, that when Jesus died and rose again, salvation was, for, for, was now for everyone on the planet. His revelation was that everybody's saved. It doesn't matter what you believe. It doesn't matter what background you come from. It doesn't matter what country you are. Everybody, because of what Jesus has done, is saved. And you know, to our minds, we can sort of go, yeah, that's, that, sounds, that sounds good. That sounds right. That sounds fair. God's a loving God. You know, why, why would he send anybody to hell? And as I sat there and watched that, I thought, what a deception that is. How many people would watch that movie and be so, so deceived in their minds to think that 20 years ago I gave my life to Christ, but for 10 years I've been walking away from him but it's still okay, I'll be saved. Or our friends that have maybe potentially people that are from a, another, another religion, they might be Muslims or Buddhists or um, Hindus or whatever, and now because of that truth, we think we no longer need to reach them for Christ because they're all going to go to heaven as well. You see, there are so many false teachings out there. There are, there are so many things out there that potentially will twist our thinking and twist the word of God. The Bible says, unless a man or woman is born again, unless we turn from our sins, we shall not be saved. Amen. 
That's what the Bible teaches. So we sat and watched that movie and thought, wow, how crazy is that? To think that potentially so many people would be looking at that and receiving words from somebody that I truly, honestly believe, without exception, is a false prophet. It's called universal reconciliation. He still has a church in the States today and people are coming and believing that truth that he declares is the truth. Amen. But we know it's not. So this morning we want to look at what Jesus taught about false prophets. If you want to open up your Bible this morning, we're going to pick it up from Matthew chapter 7, verse 15. And we're going to look at what Jesus taught about false prophets this morning. Are you ready? You might be thinking, well, why are we talking about this? It's very important that we do. We as people need to be screening everything that goes through our minds according to the Word of God and what we hear people say about the Word of God. Amen. We need to be on guard that we don't get deceived in some area of our lives. So Jesus says in verse 15 of Matthew chapter 7, Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. You will know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Even so, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Therefore, by their fruits, you will know them. Verse 21. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Mm. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name and done wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing. You know, in November uh, 1978, uh, probably many people would know it, it was known as a Jonestown massacre. 913 people took their own life. It was absolutely horrific. 200 children uh, died on that day. Uh, They said that many, many babies had uh, cyanide um, put into their mouths with little syringes as such. They say, Well over uh, 200 people uh, were aged over 65 years of age. These people ended their lives as what was known as the revolutionary suicide. They were members of what Jim Jones called the People's Temple. He was the only true prophet who had the divine revelation of who God was. Tragic event, absolutely tragic. But more recently, we had Waco, Texas, where 87 deaths followed the assault by the FBI on the Davidian branch sect leader David Koresh, Who remembers that? I still remember that, and that's going back a while. I had the opportunity to speak at a conference this week in Brisbane, and we were just talking about our involvement in missions, and it dawned upon me how old I'm getting. And then all the oldies go, what are you talking about? (laughs) It's only a number. Only a number. So 87 deaths followed the assault. Um, He claimed that he possessed the only truth. People were deceived. In the States in 1982, the FBI estimated there were around 3,000 cults across America. And in 2015, they say there is well now well over 5,000 cults in America today. People that are peddling what they declare to be truth. You know, in the earlier part of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, he warned about attacks from the outside. He said the church was going to be persecuted. You may or may not remember that, but he warned us and said attacks would come from the outside, persecution. But then we see now he adds a solemn warning about the attacks coming from the inside of the church. Listen to what Jesus said again. Jesus said, beware or watch out for false prophets. 
That word prophet there, I just wanted to open it up a little bit because we can be thinking, oh, thus says the Lord. But when you look at that definition, the word interpreted there is anyone who speaks in the name of the Lord. Pastors, teachers, Cali evangelists always speak the truth. Amen. So today I would claim there are many people speaking within the church today who are claiming to be speaking the truth, but in reality they are leading people astray, saying things that sound right, but are not aligned with the Word of God. There's a partial truth to it, but when you line it up with the complete Word of God, they're not speaking the truth. We see in verse 16 that Jesus gives us a serious warning about false prophets. He says there are ferocious wolves. Wolves intend to rip the sheep apart, don't they? That's the intention of a wolf, to rip the sheep apart. But then he goes on to speak about the seriousness of harming God's people with faulty teaching. Listen to what he says in verse 18 of Matthew chapter 7. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor a bad tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Then he says, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. So the question this morning, you may not be asking, but I'll ask it for you. How do we spot false teachers? How do we distinguish true prophets from false ones? How do we know that we are on the right track? The crazy, scary thing about deception is that when you're deceived, you don't know it. That's freaky. Isn't it? That's the power of deception. We'll conclude today telling you how you can set yourself up so that you won't fall for deception, but we'll get to that near the end there. So I would say that every Christian leader at some point has been accused of being a false prophet. Billy Graham was accused of being a false prophet at once. Did you know that? He was. Uh, Rick Warren has had copped his fair share as well over the time through the media. Bill Hybels has been accused of being a false prophet. John Wimber loved that music all those years ago. Even Mother Teresa was accused of being a false prophet. So how do we know uh, that they are not? Well, Jesus gives us some insight there. He helps us to determine whether someone is a false prophet or not. And he gives us one true test. Have a look at it this morning. He mentions it in verse 16 and verse 17. He says this, We will know them by their fruit. So we're going to just break that up in a minute. We will know them by their fruit. You will know them, he says, by their fruits. And then in verse 20 he says, Therefore by their fruits you will know them. So the thought this morning is this, what fruit do we need to be looking for in a person's life that is speaking on behalf of God? What is the fruit that we need to look for? Because Jesus said you'll know them by what? Their roots? No, you'll know them by their fruits. Amen. So we're going to have a look at a number of aspects, just four, and then we conclude it, and we'll finish that before 11, I believe, well before 11. But the first fruit that we need to look for, number one, is the fruit of character. Number one, the fruit of character. The wrong test is a superficial one. We, we observe what's going on on the outside, how people dress and how they talk and you know, they come across confident and all that sort of stuff. We look at the external and we can often assess and evaluate people like that and potentially look at the outside. But look at what Jesus says. And this is, this is just such a sobering verse of Scripture. Have a listen to it this morning. He says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of God. Lord, 
Lord. Oh. <laughs> but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? Then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Jesus is not speaking uh, against these activities, but he's highlighting to us the false prophets, prophets can cast out demons, they can perform wonders and still not know him. So rather than looking at people's works, we need to look at the fruit of their character. Paul speaks about that in Galatians chapter 5, where he talks about the nine fruits of the Spirit being evident in people's lives. The first thing that we need to look at is the character of someone. What's the fruit of their character? Are they growing in humility? Is there a hunger for righteousness? Is there a merciful attitude and a, and a purity being demonstrated? That, 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 that should be happening in someone's life. Or if it's not, then we should be beware. Amen? So the first thing to look for is the fruit of character. The second thing we need to be looking for, because Jesus said you'll know them by their fruits, the second thing is the fruit of conduct. Jesus said those who enter the kingdom of heaven will be those who did the will of the Father, in verse 21. To the wolves he said, away from me, you evildoers. What we believe will affect the way that we live, and our creed will affect our conduct. Amen? What we believe will affect the way we live. And this whole series that we've been doing, the Jesus lifestyle, is to look at the word and the teachings of Jesus and then discover how we apply them to our lives so that our conduct, the way that we live, will be in line with what Jesus is asking us to live like. Amen. Too often we try and code or, or copy or follow in the culture of the world. We're not called to do that. Amen. We're called to be different. We're called to be strange. We're called to be pilgrims. Not strange in a weird way. Amen? But there should be something that's different about our life. So the second fruit that we need to is the fruit of conduct. Uh, if people's conduct doesn't line up with their words, then we need to be, need to be beware. This doesn't work. Number three. The third thing that we need to look at, the fruit that Jesus said you'll know them by their fruit, is the fruit of teaching. The fruit of teaching. One of the Old Testament uh, tests of a true prophet came in Deut Deuteronomy chapter 13. Uh, even if there was a prophet there who performed miracles and did all sorts of wonders, but said to the people, let's uh, follow other gods, the people were warned you must not listen to the words of that prophet. In other words, the people were to test the words of that prophet. Never take for granted what you hear from this platform. <laughs> Isn't that true? Now, always test what's been spoken from the platform. Wherever you go, whatever church you attend, don't just sit there and go, oh, that sounds really good. No, always take the word of God and take what's being said and say, ask yourself the question, does it line up to the word of God? The question we need to ask is, how do the words that have been spoken line up with Scripture? Amen. We should be testing the fruit of the teaching all the time. In fact, it's so important that we see an example of it in Acts chapter 17, verse 11, uh, the Bereans who heard from Paul, they received the message about the great eagerness. Uh, they received the message with great eagerness and examined the scriptures every day to see if Paul's, lined, uh, Paul's words lined up with scripture. We need to do that as well because there is so much rubbish out there today. Hello? There is. There's so much stuff out there. You can, 
You can make yourself a doctrine. You can, you can I, I don't know, I can't even think of some bizarre doctrine. It'll probably come to me near the end. But you could take a doctrine and you could go to the internet and Google that and before you know it, you've got a whole teaching on that wacky word. You can do that today. But we've got to be very, very careful that we align ourselves to what the Word of God actually says about any given topic, any given thing that is spoken. Amen? So the truth is, if you hear something and it sounds a bit off, it probably is. <laughs> if you hear something and it sounds off, it probably is. That's why we need to take what we hear and line it up with the Word of God. The fourth one this morning, and we'll conclude with this in a moment. The fourth fruit. Jesus said, you'll know them. Those that speak the Word of God, prophets, pastors, those that, that speak the Word of God, you'll know them by their fruit. The fourth fruit that we look for in a person's life is the fruit of submission. The fruit of submission. You know, in the past, I've had people come to me and say, Hey, pastor, I have a word for you. I've had numbers of people over the years like that. And firstly, I get nervous because I don't, don't know them, number one. But the first question I'll always ask somebody when they come to me and say, I've got a word for you, I ask the question, who are you submitted to? Because if you're not submitted to someone, then I don't want to hear what you think God is saying to me. Because the fruit of submission is so important. You know, we serve God and we live within the kingdom of God. Kingdom has order and rank and delegated authority. If you're not submitted um, to a local church, if you're not uh, uh, a, a part of, of, of the body and, and actively engaged in that body and submitted under the leadership of a local church, whether it's this one or whatever it may be, then I would say potentially you would be a loose cannon. And I would not want to receive a word from you unless you are under authority. Amen? So the fourth fruit that's so, so important, never let someone prophesy you if you don't know that they are under someone else's leadership. I'll guarantee you, absolutely, extreme examples, but I would say without, without exception, David Koresh had no submission. I would say without ex ex exception, um, Jim, what was his name, Jim? Jim Jones, we don't we really want to repeat, repeat his name, but Jim Jones, I, I would ex expect that there was no submission in their lives whatsoever. Unless people are submitted to someone, their word will be tainted. If a prophet or someone says they're speaking for God and is not under authority of someone else, then I believe ultimately they will be speaking falsely. Because the fourth fruit that we need to look for, I believe, is the fruit of submission in someone's life. Amen? So just to touch on them very briefly again, the first fruit that we look for is the fruit of character. Is their character growing? Or is it ungodly? The second fruit that we look for is the fruit of conduct. conduct. How, how are they exhibiting in life? The, th the third fruit is the fruit of teaching. And the fourth fruit is the fruit of submission. I want you to open your Bibles this morning as we conclude with this last little thought. And then we'll tell you how you set yourself up to make sure that you don't be, become deceived. What's the scary thing about deception is that you don't know you are. Got it? Take that with you. The scary thing about deception is that you don't know you are. So 1 Timothy chapter 4, listen to this. I want to share it with you this morning. This scripture is titled The Great Apostasy, which means the great falling away from faith. That's how this scripture is entitled, or this few verses of scripture. 
It says this in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1. Now the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, the Holy One, expressly says that in later times, some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. The Spirit expressly says in later days, in the latter times, in the end times, as we get near the end of ages, many, many people will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines. It just sounded right. It just sounded good. It made me feel good that everybody is going to heaven. It just feels correct. But it's not what the Word of God teaches. The word heed there is very interesting. It says there, uh, giving heed to. Giving heed to means to hold the mind, to adhere to, to be given to. There's that much twisted teaching. As I said today on the internet, it's scary. You can pretty much think up anything and find truth for it. So today, if we could just get the worship team to come, that would be great. How do we, how do we make sure that we set ourselves up to guard ourselves from being deceived, to make sure that we don't get caught up. You know, um, I, I'm probably like um, every other pastor. I'm no different, I'm just better looking. <laughs> That's a joke, mate. But you know, hey, Tony, hey, mate. Um, but my heart breaks for people when you, you, you see them, they're on fire for God and in the house of God and serving God and, and just, just in love with Jesus. And then three or four years later, you see them and... How did that happen? Well, there's no longer a heart for God. There's no longer a desire to be with God's people. There's no longer a, a willingness to want to serve. It just takes one wrong thought that you latch a hold of. And before you know it, slowly but surely, you fall away. And I know heaps of people like that, and it's heartbreaking. And you probably know heaps of people like that as well. It's heartbreaking. It's crazy. It's scary. Once saved, always saved. It's rubbish. Rubbish. I'm upset. You know, I don't care. I know what I'm basing my, my conviction upon. But you know, the greatest way that we can cover ourselves and keep ourselves safe, number one, that exception, be a part of a local church community, number one. If they're teaching dodgy stuff, get out of there and find one that does. Amen? Number two, the second thing that I believe is so, so important is commit to living in community. Be a part of a small group. Be accountable in a small group. Allow a group of people to be around your life helping you so when you start to hear things and start to say, oh, this is what I believe, then they can come and speak truth into your life. Amen. When you're connected to a small group of believers and you share that strange thing that you heard on the net that said God is a God of love, therefore everyone goes to heaven, 
They can save you by bringing you to the Word of God and show you that that's deception. All the old Christians, you'd know this one. They that grow alone, grow weird. <laughs> Hello? Be part of a healthy local church that's teaching the Word of God. Secondly, find yourself a group of believers that you can meet with to allow them to help you with your thinking and your doctrine and the Word. Amen. That's how you set yourself up for success. Amen. That's how you stop the enemy trying to bring those deceptive thoughts and those lies and all the stuff that he does do. Amen? Amen. Dave, thanks so much this morning.